Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday to everyone. Blessed Feast of Saint Nicholas. That's right, the true saint behind Santa Claus, as the legend goes when it comes to the modern iterations of Santa Claus, based on an actual saint Bishop of the Church, St. Nicholas, so blessed Feast of St. Nicholas, and also, of course, a continued blessed Advent to everyone out there as well. Still rocking the purple for Advent, and uh, yeah, very excited for episode 396 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. Yes, 396 episodes. We're getting so very, very close, so very, very close to episode 400. Have no idea what I'm going to do for episode 400. Maybe I'll take some of your ideas as we get a little bit closer. But before going any further, where tonight we will talk about Avatar, the way of the water. The way of water, way of the water. I don't care what the actual title is because the movie just does not look very good. But we're going to talk about the box office. A lot of things have been said, including by James Cameron himself, who he claims the film needs to make $2 billion to break even. Now, I've got some dudes. I've got some dudes about what he is saying. <laughs> some dudes about what he is saying uh, when it comes to the box office numbers. Because let's just be honest, uh, that would mean that the film need to have costed around cost around eight hundred million dollars production in order for two billion to be the break even, which is insane. Add on top of that his comments about testosterone and so many other controversial things. Uh, yeah, let's just say I hope and pray that the film is a massive failure. I hope and pray that we get an updated budget that actually is closer or is more in line with what James Cameron is claiming needs to be made by this movie. Honestly, I think he just threw that out there because he's trying to make it seem like people need to go see this movie, and, and if you want to see more of his films, you have to go and support it, and so therefore go out and see it opening weekend, go see it in the biggest format possible. I think it's honestly just actually a marketing tactic by him. I don't think it's a very good one necessarily, but I, I do think it is not really based in reality, at least as far as what is being actually reported by others. But before going into that, and of course our general movie talk box office discussion, uh, please make sure you smash that like button, have that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, smash the rumble button as well. Also, if you're watching on YouTube today, um, so apparently YouTube has just recently added... This is something I've just seen for the first time. There's now apparently a Q&A option. So you know how you can do polls to interact with people? Now you can actually post a Q&A post. So right now at the very top of the, uh, of the chat, you should see, ask your questions here. Testing this out seems new. Because on my end, I have a little toggle that goes from live chat to questions. And people who put questions there, it's actually showing up. So, for instance, Rome is falling. Thank you for testing the feature out. Says, how was your day? Well, thank you for asking, good sir. My my day, my day was fine. And look, I can pull it up on the screen still as well. Well, that's, that's dandy. That's quite dandy. It's a fun new feature. Uh, what's going on, man? We also got Master of Gaming tagging. What's going on, brother? Saying, what's your most anticipated movie in January 2023? I bet it's plain. Honestly, I have not even looked to 2023 uh, because uh, January specifically of 2023 because January is where films go to die. So I, I don't really have any expectations of January and have not looked at January yet. Maybe we'll look at that a little bit later. Great Wuda, what's going on? Thanks for being here. There's no question there, good sir. This is a this is a Q and A section. This is a this is a Q and A section. How dare you? 
It's okay. Rob D then says, do you see Hollywood concentrating or shrinking on, on shrinking film budgets in the future? This year was basically a bust for big budget films, but small budget films did very well. I hope that that is the case. I mean, I mentioned this in my review that I posted earlier today of Smile. Finally got to see Smile. Finally got to see Smile. Um, and I think that that's... Uh, uh, and I was able to put that review out uh, this morning. And I was actually able to watch it on the 4K discs. We, you know, was able to see it with the full Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos stuff going on. And, and that film, I mean, terrifying. I don't like horror films. So for me, it was absolutely terrifying. Um, but that film only cost around $17 million to make or so. And it made over $200 plus million worldwide. So that film had a massive return on investment. And I think that Hollywood would be incredibly smart to actually start to move further in that direction. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for the big budget films because those do get much wider reach and so therefore theoretically can bring in more money. But it is still something that I think needs to, uh, I think you need to find the balance. I think that the studios ultimately need to find need to find that balance. So uh, hopefully that, yeah, that answers your question. Again, this is kind of interesting, this Q&A. So I don't know whether to, to play around with this a little bit. Obviously, the at Odin has been how people have communicated with me before. So maybe it's like if you have a question, like an actual question question posted in the Q&A section, and then if you just have a comment, uh, and if you're a member, of course, you can just post that there. I don't know. Maybe that'll be what I do going forward, though, um, once I find out more about what this Q&A section is all about. Because I like it because it separates the regular chat from from everything else so i have the live chat over here if anything ever happens but then i also um you know have everything else you know i, I have all these other i don't know i like having options i like having options and so anyway rob d thanks for the question and as uh let's see orange Hour reviews just posted the question was rome built in a day um, that is what they say, but clearly that is not the actual case. Kimberly G, what is your numbers prediction for Indy 5, uh, the dud of Disney? Yeah, I honestly think, would not. I would not be surprised if Indy 5 would, uh, I don't, I would not be surprised if Indy 5 flopped. Would not be surprised. We're looking at a film probably costing north of $200 million, because that's pretty standard fare for most of these bigger, um, Disney products, right? These bigger IP products from Disney, so we're looking at 500 to $625 million to break even. It is still a massive IP, so, so maybe it makes that money back. Um, but again, we haven't really gotten a lot of early indications about what that film likely will do box office-wise. But I, I just think, one, Crystal Skull is a big factor. I think that probably turned a lot of people off. Two, when you look at the trailer, it's very clear that he's just, he's just too old to be playing this part. I mean, yeah, I love Harrison Ford, but I'm sorry, he is a he is a shadow of his former self. He he is a shadow of his former self. So I I honestly do not think, I honestly do not think that the film will be all that successful. But we'll have to wait and see uh, what those early numbers begin to indicate. Anyway, so that was me playing around with the Q and A. So continue to post in the Q and A if you have actual questions. Um, and I will go to the live chat like I normally do. And uh, let's see what's going on. Kincaid Rumski hanging out over on Rumble. Thank you very much for being over there. And uh, yeah, let's say hello to everybody. Master of Gaming thinks that Avatar is going to make $1.6 billion worldwide. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Um, though I honestly, I don't know, something in my gut thinks it, it might actually make closer to $2 billion. And that's not because I think the film's going to be any good. It's simply because I'm looking at some of the numbers from when the first film came out. And if you even just take 
half, right, of, of all of these different markets, you're still looking at 1.5 billion. So if, if this movie has a drop of 50%, actually, actually, scratch that, that's before you adjust for inflation. So before you adjust for inflation, if you cut the audience in half, that's $1.5 billion that this movie would get. When you adjust for inflation, this film was closer to $4 billion. So you're looking at a cutting in half of the audience of around $2 billion. Now, there's, of course, a lot to be said about ticket prices changing between then and now. But honestly, Avatar is when we started to see a much higher increase in that average ticket price because they were the ones. James Cameron was the one trying to push this this new technology, this new updated and, and well-used technology of 3D and IMAX 3D, etc., and trying to push everyone to the premium formatting. And, and just, again, led to a couple of years of some of the most annoying cinema uh, that I've ever experienced, where every single major film was getting post-converted into 3D. It, it was just ridiculous, right? It was completely uh, ridiculous. So, um, but, but even with that being the case, right, even with the massive loss of audience just all around, box office is seeing that, um, the numbers, again, still, there's a chance. There is a chance. So we'll have to wait and see exactly where it uh, falls and whether or not it makes money or not, depending, on, of course, on on who you believe and what the actual budget for the film actually ends up being. Store to poop is Cuber. What's going on? Says, how are humans and other quitteth? What's going on? Orange Review says, so serious movie talk. If a movie takes place during or around Christmas, is it a Christmas movie? If yes, then Prometheus, then Prometheus is a Christmas movie. Xmas in outer space drops Mike. Yeah, I, I'm kind of that in-between where it depends on the movie. Right. It depends on how to me, it depends on how pertinent Christmas is to the story. So, for instance, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I think that's because one, it not only takes place around Christmas, but there's a lot of Christmas elements within the actual movie reminders of it being Christmas. Where in Prometheus, not not nearly as much. Right. Um, so I, I would say that that is is where my mindset tends to go. Um it also, when it comes to the Die Hard example, I think that it's become such a meme at this point that it's like, you know, people who try to argue against it um, ultimately will just come up against the people who are just going to troll them saying, well, it's a Christmas movie. My my main argument for Die Hard, though, and I, I think it's a pretty good one, is the fact that the studio has released that film with a Christmas sweater slipcover. So they clearly are marketing it as a Christmas movie. Ergo, it is a Christmas movie. But I'll let y'all debate that in the chat about whether the film is or not. Uh, Kili Chow, what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. Cacao and Cookies Minions is also hanging out. Uh, Kimberly G, yes, uh, Tina is still doing her thing. So she will not be here this evening. And also, uh, 70, 70B has work on Tuesdays, and so therefore will not be a part of the chat. So behave, please. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, what is going on? Welcome back. I appreciate you. Coliseum Builders in the chat. Luke Zilla hanging out as well. Great Wuda. Again, thank you for testing out the Q&A feature. I'm going to head back to the Q&A section in a second. Trex32, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Keely Chow, thank you for asking. They are all doing swell. They are all doing great. James Drake, what's going on? It put Lancey tagged and said, hail and God bless peeps. Today's a good day. Yes, absolutely it is. Thank you for being here. Great Wood, it's no problem at all. It's a new feature, so I, I don't really know how much there is to to mess up. Uh, Shri Buddha, with booty rather. What's going on? Welcome. 
Rome is falling, showing some love there. Bruce in the chat. What's going on? Chef Nick Nero is also in the chat. There are only three Indiana Jones films. Yes, I know. Dean, I know. Okay. Kimberly G, I know. I get it. All right. I see all the threes in the chat. I understand. I, I, I Crystal Skull, I don't recognize as being canonical either. However, it was released, and it was released underneath the name. It's kind of similar to the Star Wars movies, right? The sequels exist. They're not a part of canon because they're complete trash, so I just will, will refuse to accept them as being canonical. However, they do exist, and they did damage to the IP, and they did damage to the fandom, and they did, again, just damage all around, and I would say that Crystal Skull did a lot of the same. So to say that now that we have a even old... He was already old in that movie. Now even older... What has it been? What, has it been what, close to 10 years since since Crystal Skull, maybe? Which is insane to think about. So he's like, what, another 10 years older? And maybe even more. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't even remember. I, again, I've wiped that movie from my mind in so many ways. So he's even that much older. And then, of course, there is all the stuff that we have as far as what's being implied by the trailer. Things that have been reported by mainstream and also by YouTube personalities as well about them trying to do the bait and switch, right? Like they always try and do, say it's an Indiana Jones film, when in reality it's all about trying to prop up Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character instead. Um, and so I think that there are a lot of reasons to have, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to have concern that we're just going to have a Crystal Skull Part 2 on our hands, to be honest. Forever Sci-Fi. There are only three Indiana Jones movies and only two Die Hard films. I think you might actually get some fight back on the two Die Hard films because I think there are some who will at the very least recognize three. Obviously, once you get past four, I think that's when you start to get a little bit more agreement. But I definitely think there is um, something to be said there. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington says, Is this going to be a number uh, for you? A number for you? And I think it is Cash Cow grab based on our love of the OG one. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to make any money, if it's going to be as big and successful as some of the projections are having it out to be, then yeah, I think absolutely it would be trying to bank on the fact that there were people that enjoyed the first one. There were people that were able to be distracted by all the fancy lights and fancy technology and therefore are going to go see it no matter what. But again, going back to that main point I made earlier, even if you cut the audience in half, which that to me is, is pretty massive, Right for, for for the direct sequel to a, when adjusted for inflation, almost $4 billion film, to say that you cut that audience in half sounds a little bit on the steep side. I mean, I think it's more than justified, and I think it should be closer. To, I personally believe it should be closer to 75-80%, but that being said, I think it would be kind of, we're either going to see the film do historically well, and make some very strong, let's just say, it's either going to make history in a positive way or in a negative way. As being one of the greatest drop-offs in uh, in history when it comes to any film within a specific set of films, right? Within, within a series of movies, within a franchise. Or it will be a comeback story or something to that effect. I don't know. It's uh, It's kind of interesting to be following nonetheless. All right, let me head over to Rumble. Kincaid Rumsky over there trying to say, if Geeks and Gamers doesn't make you watch Indie Avatar, will you watch it in theaters? Um, so I think I kind of have to watch Avatar, unfortunately. Um, kind of like the first one. I didn't want to watch the first one, to be honest, because I was like, I really don't, I, I hate 3D, and just, I wasn't interested in the film. Sat through the film. Sure, sure enough, it was as bad as I thought it was. And I, you know, obviously hated the fact that I had to watch it. But 
No, I mean, I think that ultimately, one, we're going to have to watch those movies. But even if I if I wasn't a part of Friday Night Tights, for instance, I would still at the very least watch Avatar. Simply because, again, if I'm going to talk crap about a movie, for me, I, I need to see it. Or, or at the very least, need to have a firm grasp of what the story is about or, or the key elements, like pointing out specific elements that I don't need to see the movie in order to point out, right? So, for instance, pointing out the, the fact that James Cameron has said that testosterone is a toxin uh, is something that obviously I don't need to see the movie to know that he has said that. And if that is the mindset that he has, it might have an influence on his overall, you know, plans and thoughts. So I, I just, again, think that that is, is just ultimately a part of it. But when it comes to indie, I don't want to see that movie. I, I really don't. I, I would choose to, I would rather go down the route of viewing it already without seeing it within the framework of Crystal Skull because of everything that the first film, or rather everything that Crystal Skull was and everything that what we're seeing from this, from this new trailer and from these new images, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be anything worth talking about or, or worth mentioning, you know? So, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't want to watch indie. So if I have a choice there, I, I probably won't if I can. Um, then again, I, I do, of course, have a re- movie review channel and I don't do nearly as much movie reviews as I, as I probably should, though they don't do very well. It's amazing, right? The, the algorithm, the algorithm does not like movie reviews for some reason. Um, whereas when I do my box office stuff, that's what drives me crazy about YouTube in general. But again, it is what it is. All right. Let us head into, let's head back into that Q and a section. Let's see if there's been, oh, I wish that it kept the, the ones that I've already answered taken care of. But anyway, Bryant Barth, Actually, no, first Aiden Vickery. Uh, he asked the question over in the Q&A section. Do you think Tom Cruise might get an Oscar acting nomination for Maverick? I don't. I really don't. Um, and it, it's it's down it, it's down to a couple of reasons. One, and I, again, this is kind of just, this is very clearly my own bias. The Oscars do not matter. I, I just do not care about the Oscars anymore. They've become such a joke. And they have, especially the last few years, become so hyper-focused on trying to go even more woke than they were the year before that I would not be surprised if the acting nominations this year are even more diverse than ever before. The most diverse in history. And it's like, wait, so you're saying diversity for the sake of diversity is good. So for that reason, I would say, I don't think there's a high chance. And then also there tends to be a, and this is something that's almost always been true of the Oscars. There's exceptions, but when it comes to big films, right, big budget films, films that make lots of box office, though they at times will give nominations to those movies, even several nominations, they're normally not in the acting categories. Normally it's, it's all in the technical categories and you can, you can rack up a lot of nominations in, in those technical categories, you know, getting the sounds cinematography, music, like all those other elements. And so those tend to not get those acting nods. So I would say, one, there's a historical aspect that is against him, for one. Two, the Oscars just have come to a point where they are such a joke that I I don't think they would. And also, to be honest, I I don't know necessarily if he should be up there. Uh, Obviously, I haven't seen everything that's come out this year, and I would have to sit down with like a list of all the movies that I've seen to say, who really did give some of the best performances uh, in this given year? Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, that, that would be, again, my, my overall thought. I thought he gave a great performance. So if, again, if the Oscars did matter and he got a nomination, I would, I would probably be pretty happy with it. Uh, Bruce says, have you heard John Landau says they've been talking to Robert Rodriguez about doing an Alita Battle Angel sequel? Your thoughts? Yeah, as you all know, I'm a huge fan of the first, um, I'm a huge fan of the first Alita film. Um, I, I, again, I, I was looking back the other day at all the 4Ks that, that I've bought and I didn't realize how many 4Ks I bought of that movie to give away because I wanted more and more people to, to see it, to watch it and to fall in love with it. But now that Disney's in, in, in control, I, I don't want a sequel. And, and I know that might be shocking to some, and I mentioned this before, so it shouldn't be shocking if you've been, if you've been keeping up with me for a while, especially in the live streams. I, I don't want a, an Alita sequel at this point. And it's not because I, I'm no longer in love with the world that was built within the first one. It's that I do not trust Disney. Disney is now going to be in control of that movie. And what Disney is going to do is that they are going to do what Disney does, which is they are going to throw, they, they might actually finally throw enough money at it for them to, to be able to do something um, even better than what they did before, right? As far as te- the technology and, and the CG, etc. But then what else are they going to do? They're going to continue to push the nonsense, right? They're going to continue to, um, they're, they're going to continue to, push their identity politics into their characters. And I honestly believe that they would destroy Alita. I think that they would turn Alita into some type of weird uh, feminist identitarian character. And and I don't want that, right? So at this point, as long as Disney would be the primary power behind an Alita sequel, I don't want one. So yeah, that's where I would stand on that. Uh, Philip Hawking says, RIP to uh, uh, Christy Alley. Absolutely. Uh, may, again, may perpetual light shine upon her. Uh, what do you think was the best uh, Kirsty Allen Alley performance or show? See, actually, this is weird because I obviously knew who she was, but I, I didn't watch a lot of the stuff that she was in. Um, so I, I know that a, a lot of people apparently uh, saw her and liked her from Star Trek, and I'm sure there's other shows and movies that you've all watched her from. I really didn't have that connection. This is going to be a very obscure reference. And if you're a 90s kid, you, you might understand this. But she was in a, I believe it was a direct D- Disney movie, like Disney Channel movie, like one of the OG Disney Channel movies, where it was a, a movie called The Tooth Fairy. And she plays a woman who passes away, and she was a terrible person, and she's given a second chance, but she has to be the Tooth Fairy. Now... Maybe that was not a Disney Channel movie. Maybe it was a theatrical movie. I don't remember. But that's like, that is my memory. That is my memory of of Christie Alley as far as like what I mostly know her from. So if anyone else has seen that, please uh, let me know. And let me know if that's uh, a positive uh, a positive memory for you or not. I just remember the dun, 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 dun song was featured in that. Master of Gaming, what's your least anticipated movie you'd like to hear? Bro. <laughs> you always ask like long-term questions. Like if I had a week to sit on that question, I could give you a good answer. Um, let's just say, uh, oh, the Marvels. There we go. I'll, I'll just throw that one out there. Uh, Coliseum Builders, that is not a question. That has no place of being in the Q&A section. Anyway, I like the Q&A section. It's fun. It seems like a fun place to be. 
<laughs> the only problem is that it then resets the questions that I have already clicked on. Uh, and, and that makes me sad. But overall, you know, it is what it is. Snort of Poopus. No, Tina and Steph. I am an unsupervised bear tonight. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You are. Uh, let's see. Dean High says, 14 years since Crystal Skull. Dang. Wow. Again, I, I thought 10 sounded about right, but that's crazy. Rob D. I'm shocked they're doing an Indiana Jones 5. I don't think Crystal Skull was even profitable. Yeah, I haven't run the numbers on that one, so I, I might have to do that because I've started... I have not actually published it yet, but I've started a pre-chart films chart. So as you all know, I have my, my chart on my website. I have one that is of the more recent releases, and it's just easier for people to navigate, so that's why it's there. But if you scroll below, there's the Google Sheets version that goes all the way back to Joker. That was like the very the first the first time I started doing the charting that I do now on my website was back in 2019 with Joker. And uh, even then, it was it was something that I had to, I actually retroactively started to add to. So now I'm kind of going back and I'm I'm trying to build up a pre-chart chart where it's films and it's going to be a lot smaller because obviously I'm not going to be projecting what it's going to make by the end of its run because these are going to be films that have already come out. But it's going to be putting what the budget was, um, what the break-even number was, and then what the end result ended up being. Um, so I'll be pulling that up actually in a second because I'm going to use it to try to help do a little bit of, a little bit of numbering, a little bit of math, when it comes to Avatar and what it likely needs to to make to break even. If what Lacey says, probably biased from being in this little corner of the fellowship, but I have a gut feeling people aren't going to be big fans of Avatar 2. I mean, I would love to say that I have and believe the same thing, but at the same time, normies are a very predictable and unpredictable lot, right? They will flock to, just like as we see with, I mean... As far as the normies go, the MCU Stan normie combination, right, is a very powerful one to the point where even really, really bad movies that shouldn't make any money whatsoever end up still making money, right? I think we can look to the last three Marvel film releases, neither of which were really any good at all, all ended up making profit, all ended up making their money back. That being said, they haven't really been showing up, the normies at least, and I think this more is more about the dynamic of the family, have not been showing up nearly as much for the Disney animated films. Because it's not just animated movies in general, because look to Minions, almost a billion dollar film, right, in the $900 million range. But then you look to Lightyear, which theoretically should have been a guaranteed hit, lost over $100 million. You look to Strange World that just came out, Right? It used to be that even new films, right? even new IPs being created by Disney, Pixar, and all these other groups, right, that they would still be guaranteed hits because people would say, but it's Disney. But it's Disney. That seems to, has, that seems to has, have lost its shine. At least among animated audience goers, families, and it makes a lot of sense, right? You look and see the things that Disney's pushing for, and it makes sense to me why families would be a little bit more skeptical skeptical about going to see those movies. But they are still going nonetheless. So again, normies in general, right, are a very unpredictable lot. But you look back to that first Avatar film, and I came out of that first Avatar film the first time I saw it and said, I don't see what anyone else is seeing with this movie. Oh, yeah, the world looks pretty, but you have giant blue Smurfs, 
in a story that's a clear combination and ripoff of Dances with Wolves meets Pocahontas meets Fern Gully. And if I want to be preached to about the environment, guess what? I'm choosing Fern Gully. And I say this every time I mention Fern Gully, at least Fern Gully, when it's telling me that deforestation is bad, has Robin Williams doing the voice of Batty singing me a song, and has Tim Curry as a cloud of smoke and, and, uh, pollution singing Toxic Love. I mean, at least it has that. What does Avatar have? Giant blue Smurf people? Weird tales that are used for not only writing animals, but also for intimate relations? Try to explain that one. Hmm. <laughs> I have a whole rant about that. I've ranted about that way too many times on this channel. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, I, I again, I want it to fail. There are not a lot of times where it's like I want a movie to fail. As you all know, I'm a box office guy, so even if it's a film I don't like, I still gen in, general, in general like seeing movies make some money. But like, I would find such incredible joy if Disney took just a giant billion-dollar loss on the entire Avatar franchise because no one went to go see it. And I don't say that about a lot of things. I wouldn't even say that about the MCU. As much as I have an issue with the MCU in general, I don't have that same hatred. So I just want I want to make my bias very very clear. I am much more anti Avatar than I am anti MCU because at the very least within the entire span of the MCU there are some things that I like. With Avatar there's only been the one film and I hate it. <laughs> anyway, Input Latency, thank you for the $5 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you so very much Input Latency. I appreciate you going and circumventing Mama Susan says reminder, don't don't do not support the game awards you game players out there. The other year, they had a segment of support uh, for demonic drag queens. No, that's not hyperbole. Tie-dye shirt with down-pointing star and goat inside. God love you all people. Well, input latency. Message to any gamers out there. I'm not a hardcore gamer, so I wasn't going to watch them anyway. Uh, but thank you for the donation. And yeah, for anyone out there planning to watch the Game Awards, keep in mind, they have seemed to have supported demonic things. And as you all know, I will always say, yeah, let's stay away from that. Uh, two of you, what's going on over on Odyssey? Appreciate you being over there. Kincaid Rumsky over on Rumble. Sorry, took me a little while to get to you. Um, Kincaid Rumsky, did you mean to post the same comment three times? Again, I don't get notifications. I just have tabs, and so I have to remember to, to come back to different tabs at different times. So again, I, I do apologize, but I hope one day Rumble allows to have a pop-out chat because then I can put it into my OBS board and it'll let me know much more quickly when you've commented. I just want to make sure. Anyway, he says, I heard Kirstie Alley was in a show called Cheers or something like that. Not 100% sure on that one. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Uh, oh, it's okay, King Ken Rumsky. It happens, man. Uh, I know. Uh, I never really got into or watched Cheers. So again, I I know. I know. Uh, it's all good, bruh. It's all good, bruh. I still love you. I still love you. All right. So I'm going to take a little break from the chat because I want to dive into these numbers. All right. I want to I talk a little bit about these numbers for, for Avatar. So as you can see, uh, Box Office Pro. Now, <laughs> let's be clear. Box Office Pro is not always the best when it comes to predicting things, right? They've been way off before, but they've also been right from time to time, right? Their, their Rangers are not always completely off base. At the very least, they do give some pretty 
decent sized ranges that I think are fair. As you all know, I, I give some uh, decent ranges even in my own projections when we actually have numbers. So I appreciate them even for putting out their numbers when there are no real numbers to be had as of this point. But they are projecting that Avatar The Way of Water will open domestically to $150 million to $180 million. Now, do I think that's a possibility? I do, actually, because the average ticket price for this movie is a lot higher than a lot of the other films to come out this year. And the reason why is because when it comes to the number of showtimes, Avatar is going to have a plethora of premium shows. So we're talking in ratio, or rather in, uh, in comparison to regular 2D showings. Avatar The Way of Water, because of James Cameron, is going to have many more 3D showings, IMAX 3D showings, and also keep in mind, I, I wish there was just an IMAX 2D showing. That way at least I could suffer through it in just regular 2D without having to do the darn 3D glasses, but that's not going to happen. So it's IMAX 3D, which is going to cost you an arm and a leg, regular 3D, and then, again, he's pushing all the premium formatting, and so, yeah, that is what he is going to do, is that he is going to try to push you to go see it in the biggest screen possible with the new technology and all this extra bells and whistles that doesn't really add anything to the actual film itself, all right? Especially when it comes to the 3D technology that he is, is, is trying to push and has been trying to push for a very long time. So because of that... I actually do believe that that 150 to 180 million, and that's just domestically, is is possible. I absolutely believe that that's a possibility because the average ticket price is already going to be a lot higher. And as I mentioned, normies do what normies do best, and they they will mindlessly go and see this movie. I know of people. You you know I'm I'm good friends with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. I love him to death, but he has flaws, and I think his biggest flaw is that he liked the first Avatar movie. He liked it. And I think the reason why I can at least understand and respect it to an extent, <laughs> I think it's mostly the, the friendship that allows me to, to continue to respect it, but he comes from a place of, he, he is much more visually minded. So e even though he also is completely in agreement that the story sucks, and, and again, narratively, it is, it is awful, he is much more fond of and is, is again, that, that visual type person. So he loves being able to watch the 4K on his TV. He loves being watched all the colors and go to Pandora, all this other stuff. Again, it's, it's one of the flaws that he has as a person. But he's not alone. There are a lot of people. There are a plethora of people out there who likely feel the same exact way. I don't think it's as many as it did the first time. I think that there are people who, like me, when they first saw it, hated it. And then when they announced the sequels and, and even being, you know, two, three, four, five, however many films, again, kind of rolled their eyes and said, no, no more, please, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. So I think that that's a big part of it. Um, but you also have, I would say, a larger group of people who were either ambivalent or ambivalent leaning positive, meaning they said, yeah, I don't like the movie, but it was pretty to look at. So I might go see the sequel because, hey, you know, 20 years or so of new technological advancement, one of the most expensive films ever made, James Cameron telling us that it needs to make $2 billion to break even. So they're expecting it to make 150, 180, as I said. I think that's absolutely a possibility. 
Their long-term projections for the domestic total is 526 to 741. Now, this makes sense to me as well because when you look at Avatar, I put this up against The Force Awakens just because I can't do the adjustment for inflation on the numbers without putting it up against something, and this was the first one available. When you look at the domestic box office for Avatar, when you adjust for inflation, it actually made less than The Force Awakens. Force Awakens made a billion dollars domestically. Avatar made $960 million. Now, that's a lot of money still domestically. But they are projecting, at least looking at these numbers here, they are projecting that it is going to have a loss, right? That there's going to be a loss of uh, audience. And in fact, it looks like they're projecting it could be anywhere from a 50% drop to maybe a 30% drop. And that seems fair, right? As far as the audience being 30 to 50% less than what the other film did by the end of its run. Okay. Well, then let's look at that massive international number. That's right, $2.5 billion. Again, this is when you adjust for inflation. $2.5 billion here. So let's take that same metric and say, all right, 30 to 50% less. Does that still hold true? Because if that still holds true, guess what? You're looking at a film that's going to be able to possibly crack that $2 billion mark. Again, that would be almost, again, $3.5 billion is where it was when you adjust for inflation. So you're looking at a film that absolutely one could see, one could argue, uh, $2 billion being in the crosshairs. If I had to make an early projection, I would say right now its range is somewhere between $1.5 and 2 Now, this is very, very early. This is just based off of just bare bones information but i would not be surprised if 1.5 billion to 2 billion tops is is where this film currently uh is standing as far as the projections are concerned now one of the big things that's been brought up right because this is the, what they're projecting it to make so again these are projections they can change over time they will update as you can see this is actually 13 percent higher than where it was last time they based these on pre-sales, they base these off of social media posts and other things. Again, things that I have issues with in general, right? It's the same logic that led to them, uh, and this was, again, the industry in general, getting Solo wrong, right? Solo, uh, a Star Wars story back back in the day, they were trying to argue, oh, if you look at the pre-sales, it actually is um, doing so well. It's doing actually this X, you know, X amount better than this movie, than this movie. And then it ended up being a massive flop. It had a terrible opening weekend and it never recovered. So social media and pre-sales are, are never the entire story. A lot of people, a huge chunk of people, in fact, still buy tickets on the day. Still buy tickets on the day. So it's, again, it's a hard, hard business to, to predict. But again, assuming that this is true, 1.5 to 2 billion worldwide is where I would put my early estimates if I had to make early estimates. Now let's let's talk about this because th this is a story that has has gotten a lot of attention as well. I've seen a lot of people in my comment section especially bring this up. And uh, I, I think it's important just to talk about what the facts are and, and and why it's important to know what the facts are, right? So here is the headline from Variety. It says, Avatar 2 is so expensive, it must become the fourth or fifth highest grossing film in history just to break even. But if you dive into what they actually say here, 
It says, how expensive is Avatar The Way of Water? Early reports have claimed the production budget alone was in the $250 million range. Now, the reason why that is the case, some people might have forgotten this, is because of this. Back in 2016, Cameron announced at CinemaCon that there would be four Avatar sequels, all of which would be filmed simultaneously. The four Avatar sequels share a $1 billion budget, $250 million each. So again, that was back in 2016. And that's the reason why I've mentioned this before, right? When when they've said, when, when even James Cameron said, oh, the film needs to make $2 billion to break even, I said, well, I, I say nay, nay to an extent, because based off of the actual numbers that were originally and initially reported, that didn't that, that wouldn't seem to make a lot of sense, right? Because he was given a billion dollars and between four films, that's $250 million each, right? Now, of course, Disney taking over Fox, Disney being much more likely to give James Cameron as much money as he needs, James Cameron having a lot of money himself to put into the project, all of these factors mean that could this budget go up? Yeah, I, I think absolutely right. But I just wanted to bring this up as to why I've brought this up in the past, right? I wasn't just pulling that out of thin air. That is absolutely something that was reported and something that actually happened. Now let's get back into this article here. Director James Cameron isn't willing to give hard numbers just yet. The only answer Cameron would give about the sequel's budget when asked by GQ was the following. Very effing expensive. Thank you for that expletive, James Cameron. Cameron apparently told Disney and 20th Century Studios executives that his sequel budget was so high it represented the worst business case in movie history. According to the director's estimates, you have to be the third or fourth highest grossing film in history. That's your threshold. That's your break even. On the current chart of the highest grossing movies worldwide, unadjusted for inflation, Cameron's original 2009 film ranked in the top with $2.9 billion. Disney's Avengers Endgame is in second with $2.7 billion. That means, according to Cameron, that if Avatar The Way of Water wants to break even, it'll need to overtake either Star Wars The Force Awakens or Avengers Infinity War. Now, here is again where I think there might be a little bit of trickery here. Notice that they are saying, Variety is saying, okay, what did James Cameron say? James Cameron said, oh, it needed to be the fourth or fifth highest grossing film in history to break even. Now, in his mind, is he saying each of these are individual films or is he talking about all four as a singular unit? Because remember, going back to that previous thing I mentioned, these are all being filmed in sequence. They're all a part of one story and initially he was only going to get a billion dollars. So, if you're talking there about the fourth of highest grossing film, is he saying that all of the films together combined need to make $2.5 billion? If that's the case, based on what those initial numbers were, that actually would sound correct. But is there more to this? Right? Is there more than just the media trying to say, well, he said it would need to be here, and so trying to look at the numbers, that means that it has to be this, and he hasn't given us any hard numbers. Okay, well, first off, let's let's look at a couple of things, right? Firstly, Going back here to, to Wikipedia. What has the media been told? Well, according to The Hollywood Reporter, right, not only did it land a China release, 
Now, whether or not that actually results in anything is going to be a big thing, because remember, last I heard, they were still on massive lockdowns, not to mention there were massive protests going on. So, yeah, this film's set to come out in just about 10 days. Good luck. Good luck with that. Now, China is not make or break for them, because though China was the biggest piece of their puzzle back when the first film came out, they still made enough elsewhere to still have ended up over $2.5 billion. So even without China... Two billion is easily in the reach, at least, again, if we're looking at the 2009 numbers. And again, a lot has changed since then, but I just wanted to, to point that out. But according to The Hollywood Reporter, they're saying it's somewhere between 350 and $400 million. Now, that's just for this movie, right? That's just for this movie. I see that... Someone has been put in time out. So Tina is in the chat. Welcome, Tina. Thank you very much for, for being here. Um, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, though, because I didn't, I didn't see anything that he had said that would have uh, merited that. So I don't know if that was a mistake or not. And I don't think I had even seen Tina comment. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, Sahil, uh, I don't know what happened because I, I did not think Tina was supposed to be here tonight. Anyway, let me... <laughs> I will try and take care of that once I once I get back to the chat. So, anyway, they're reporting 350 to 400 million dollars, all right? Okay, well, here's why that's a problem because according to this article, it's 2 billion to break even, and they're basing that off of what James Cameron is saying, but he's not giving any hard numbers. So that's why I say I honestly think he is just trying to he he is just trying to put numbers out there to make it seem like it's going to be bigger to try to push a little bit more people right to push a little bit more people um to, to go see the movie basically to try to raise the stakes right without actually being being uh being even uh let's see tina says i'm having dinner at the steakhouse and accuse hut youtube of my youtube uh, and accuse hut youtube my food is great wish you all were here as long as you pay my own why am i on here Okay, so it sounds like she probably accidentally put someone in timeout, <laughs> from what I can tell. So, Sahil, it sounds like, Tina, get off. You're pressing buttons that you shouldn't be pressing. Anyway, <laughs> we'll take care of that. Um, so, again, is, is this just a case of James Cameron trying to showboat a bit? Because here's the thing. All right, let's 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 do some numbers here. Let's do some numbers crunching. Let me see if I can enhance this. Enhance. Enhance. Too much enhancing. There we go. Okay. So if that two billion number, if that two million two billion dollar number is correct, that would mean Avatar 2 would have to cost. This is just production budget. It would have to cost eight hundred million dollars. Eight hundred million. Now, I know that Avatar 2 is going to cost a lot of money. I'm sorry, I do not see how any movie could cost $800 million by itself. Now, two movies together, three movies together, okay, now, now we got something to talk about. But, as you can see, if we're honestly going to run with that narrative, and again, 
It doesn't sound like that's what James Cameron was actually saying. It sounds like he said, oh yeah, it needs to be like the fourth highest grossing film ever to break even. Oh yeah, it's such a big movie without giving actual numbers. Then the media decided to take that and spin with it. And now guess what? Everyone's reporting, oh, it needs to make $2 billion to break even. Well, again, that would mean it would need to cost $800 million by itself. Just this one movie. I don't buy that. That makes no sense whatsoever. That, that's insane. And don't get me wrong, I think Disney and James Cameron are both insane. I don't think they're that insane. All right, $400 million is already a lot of money to put in just on production budget. $800 million production is outrageous. All right, so that's why I don't think, I do not think that uh, people who are claiming the $2 billion break-even, people are saying James Cameron said it. He didn't technically say it, based on that article at the very least. And also, there seem to be indications that he's just showboating, all right? So let's take instead the numbers that are actually being reported, right? So we heard the top end of that number was what, 400? Oop, I put an extra zero there. Was $400 million, right? So if the film did cost $400 million, and that sounds a little bit, at least, that sounds reasonable. (laughs) That sounds at least reasonable, right? If that is the case, that means that it would need to make a billion dollars to break even. Now, that's still a high break-even point, all right? That's, again, also why two billion to me is just, that that does not make any sense. Because there are already very few films that have ever cost $400 million to make. So it would make sense for Avatar 2 to cost this much, but to cost twice this much? Hell to the no. So at $400 million, right, at the high end of what's being reported at the very least from the trades, so again, from people like Hollywood Reporter, the film needs to make about a billion dollars to break even. That, that makes a little bit more sense to me. That's something that I could probably expect, all right? Now, let's say that perhaps it costs towards the lower end of that number. You're still having to make quite a bit of money. You're still looking at around $875 million to break even. And for those wondering where this gets from, where I'm getting this from, again, break even typically is 2.5 times the budget because that includes marketing and then also includes what the studio tends to get when all is said and done. All right. And I'm not going to debate people on on uh, the methodology there because people have different methodologies and I don't like going down the rabbit hole because people like to bring up other things and then it means, oh, now I have to bring up other things that go against what you've just said and it's just not even worth having that argument at this point in time. Regardless of any of that, the film is absolutely going to cost a lot of money, but what this tells me, right, what's being reported here, 350 to 400, okay, that's well over $100 million higher than what was originally given to Cameron. What that means is that Cameron was given $250 million per film, got to the point where he was overspending, was given the amount of money needed to finish his film, and that means if each of these movies is going to cost around $400 million or so, if that is honestly going to be what the new standard is, again, beforehand, all we were told was he's given a billion dollars for all of them. Okay, that comes out to 250 each. That's already high. That is already quite high. But $400 million for, what is it, four sequels? Again, let's, let's just uh, double check that uh, going into the uh, production of this. 
right? The actual uh, numbers here. See visual effects, marketing, release, box office, reception. Oh, where was it? But anyway. So for its sequel, da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, where is it? Rachel. Rachel, where are you? <laughs> oh, my brain is broken. There's just so much text on the screen. Here it is. So, again, the original 2016 Cameron announced CinemaCon there will be four sequels. So, again, initially $250 million. Now it's $400 million. Okay, that means that he has been given... <laughs> he has been given $1.6 billion? To make these movies? $1.6 billion to make four movies? Whew. And if that holds true at $1.6 billion, all of his films combined will need to make a cool $4 billion for the entire thing to break even. Yeah. It's got like it's got to make a lot of money. Now, I think the first film is is actually going to do it, right? As I said, the first film it needs to make somewhere between 875 and a billion based off of the numbers that have been given to us by people like the Hollywood Reporter. Again, people might say, "Well, James Cameron's the director." Yeah, but he also didn't give an exact number. He just tried to again showboat. So I, I don't really trust it as much. The trades, they are a little bit more reliable, I think. But we're still looking at a situation where this film needs to make 875 to a billion dollars worldwide. And I think it's going to do it based again on these early projections. If it hits 526, if it is the low end of this estimate domestically, it's still likely going to make a billion internationally. So you already have a, a guaranteed film. That's going to make over a billion dollars. I, I, I think I can say confidently avatar two will make over a billion dollars. I think it's going to be terrible. But I think it's still going to make over a billion dollars. How much higher, how much over a billion does it make? Again, 1.5 to 2 sounds about right to me. Which means that, hey, guess what? It breaks even, it makes some profit. Enough profit to justify another, <laughs> you know, billion dollars? Uh, hard to say. Especially since these films are being filmed at the same time, which means theoretically, if this individual film costs 400 plus million dollars, does that mean that they've already spent over a billion on these films without making any money back? Anyway, those are the numbers as they stand. Uh, let me head back over to Odyssey. Sorry, not Odyssey. Uh, over to Rumble. What is your prediction? Will you fall asleep during Avatar? Uh, I, yes, I think I, that I can predict. I, I think there is a high chance. I think that there is absolutely a high chance of that, especially with a... 192-minute runtime. <laughs> Yay, three hours. Yay, three hours. Over on Odyssey, we says, who professed better usage of water, James Cameron or Bruce Lee? Oh, I'm going to have to go with Bruce Lee on that. Bruce over on YouTube. 714 in the YouTube chat, 75 in real life. Uh, I'll get to the Q&A section, again, the brand new, spanking new Q&A section uh, once I catch up with the chat uh, to the best of my ability. Anyway, on YouTube, Bruce says, Indiana Jones and the <laughs> idea for a movie. Exactly. 
Remember, Seinfeld is a member. I recognize Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Two movies, nothing happened between or after. Interesting. See, Gus tagged to say, Sup, are you excited for Crowder on FNT? Absolutely, dude. Cannot wait. Uh, can't believe it's happening. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be one of those starstruck situations for sure. Steven says, Do you think Batgirl movie got canceled will ever get released? The director is going to meet with Warner Brothers according to the news. Now, I'm not sure because, again, there were rumors that the film had been destroyed. Who knows, right? If it was on digital, then the chance of it being destroyed is very unlikely because there would have had to have been multiple copies at some point. So it's hard to say, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Kimberly G, I'm not planning to see Avatar 2, saving my money for John Wick 4 in March. Hey, yeah, John Wick 4. Talk about films that look pretty darn good. John Wick 4 looks pretty darn good. Yeah, Stephen talked about that already. Again, very, very sad news indeed. It uh, says here one of uh, one of his favorites. Um, she was in one of uh, Kirstie Alley was one of Kirstie Alley was in one of his favorite '80s classic summer movies. Bruce had to say, "I'm waiting for your thoughts on Surfs to Water." Is wet before I even get a thought to watching it. Yes, <laughs> that's the other reason why I feel like I'll have to like. I feel like I'm almost bound to watch it. <laughs> anyway, Steven says, do you think Dwayne Johnson is responsible for box office failure for Black Adam? No, I think it's I think it's DC and Warner Brothers. Because remember, Warner Brothers has created flop after flop after flop the last few years. So, and all of those films didn't have Dwayne Johnson in them. So I think it's I think it's because of the, I think the DCEU is is actually a pretty bad brand. I think they got lucky with the success of Aquaman making over a billion dollars. I think that they found just the right combination of elements that led to that film to be successful. And um yeah, I Justice League or, or not Justice League, uh Flash, Flashpoint, the Flash movie. I I just ah that I cannot see that film being successful. I just can't. There's just been so much drama around it. The film has to cost a fortune at this point. And it's being written by the same woman who wrote Birds of Prey. And Birds of Prey was trash. You know? It's just, it's insane. So, no, it's not It's not Dwayne Johnson. It, it It's Warner Brothers. They're the reason why. Bruce says, they've got to give a nom to the movie Top Gun 2, I think. I Again, if they mattered, I would care. But what I can say is I believe Top Gun 2 will do very well at this year's Wednesday Raven Awards. Don't forget, Wednesday Raven Awards nominations. They'll be opening up soon, beginning of January. We follow similar trackings as the Oscars. This comes to nominations and voting for winners and stuff. And then we have the uh, we have the Raven Awards the same night as the Oscars as a boycott. And we tried to award truly phenomenal films in a given year. Uh, shorty short, Laura, the modern major general, what's going on? What is the worst 3D conversion you have seen or the best? Can't think of the worst because they're all pretty bad. The best though, I think I can unequivocally say Jurassic Park 3D. I did not want to see it in 3D, but it was Jurassic Park back on the big screen. And I said, you know what? I can put up with the 3D glasses if it means I get to hear that amazing score on the big screen one more time. And sure enough, the the actual conversion was was pretty good, from from what I can remember. Uh, so again, 
haven't seen a lot of 3D films, so I'm not a connoisseur, but I'm going to go with the best. Going to go with the best um, being, yeah, being Jurassic Park. Uh, Jacob, I see you in the live chat, man. Don't spam. I am at 719 in the chat. It's 759 in the chat where you are. I'm behind. I'll get to your comment at some point, but uh, if you if you spam, I won't answer at all. Uh, Bruce tagged to say, uh, I think they'll win a technical one for new cameras they made for Top Gun 2. Oh, yeah. If they don't get nominations for the technical categories, yeah. I mean, but as I said, it's a scam. The, the Oscars are a joke and a scam, so it's like I don't even care anymore. Uh, Steven says, how did you like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer? That's the only Marvel film I'm excited for as far as uh, regarding Disney. I, I see a lot of people saying a lot of positive things about it, and ultimately, I just look at the film and I say, it looks like every other Guardians movie. The first one was good. second one was not good. And if they're just going to rehash the same general points, I, I, again, I'm, I feel like it's like, yeah, it might be the best of, of the crap that they have, but I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, instead of doing, she said, they should have done a Les Grossman sequel where he gets his comeuppance. That would get Tom an Oscar. Ah, maybe. But then it would also remind a lot of people about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in Tropic Thunder, and maybe that would get him in trouble. Let's see. Soul Assassin. Uh, sorry, he was tagging him. Hardwick tagged to say, Robert Rodriguez has admitted interviews that he made the Boba Fett show in order to try to get an Alita sequel. And as I said, still do not really want one at this point because I don't want Disney anywhere near it. Snorpoopers, who is a member? If you, if they have separate categories for every alphabet, letter, gender, creed, and species, the Oscar Mayer Awards will last for a week. Yeah. Orange Reviews. Yes, I remember Kirstie Alley in The Tooth Fairy. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hardwick then says, I never thought I would say this, but after seeing the Cocaine Bear trailer, I'm actually looking forward to seeing a movie directed by Elizabeth Banks. Yes, and I think the reason why is because she didn't write it. I think that's the key. Because everything that she's she's directed and had a written connection with hasn't turned out very well. Um, So the fact that there is, in fact, the, the writer is a guy. Just saying. So, maybe that's the reason. Aiden Vickery says, Had Indy 4 been a story centered around Excalibur, I might have had some hope for Indy 5. Yeah, I think a lot of people can feel that way. Kevin Davis, welcome to the chat. Trace Adams, what's up? Uh, Snor Poopus is a member. Blue Smurfs, who were much more environmentally and socially superior to mere humans, that they used their mind powers to enslave the animals they rode. Yes. By using their, their, uh, their ponytails to ride and also to make love again something to think about it's creepy uh sahil i see one of the comments that you made uh yeah top gun maverick being back it's awesome but remember just because a film makes money at the box office and is successful does not mean that the oscars are going to care the oscars are run by uh one half elitist snob and second half woke ideologues and guess what top gun 2 remember what were some of the big stories about top gun 2 Oh, it is becoming the story of the alt-right racist, right? They were trying to say that it was uh, it was all of the all of the alt-right people were enjoying the movie basically, right? They were trying they it, they in various ways uh, demonized it, right? 
in the higher echelons of Hollywood culture and society. So because of that, I, I just don't think it's going to do it. Lukezilla, what's up? And also, guess what? It doesn't matter if it doesn't. If, if it gets not a single Oscar nomination, it doesn't change a dang thing because the film still made almost $1.5 billion. People are still buying the 4K and Blu-ray like hotcakes, and people are still going to say it's one of the best films, if not the best film of 2022, even if they decide to choose some random obscure film that no one's ever watched before as the winner like they have the last several years. And rant. Asaj, what's going on? Happy second Purple Candle Week, absolutely. Rob D. Tad to say, I know literally nothing about the movie Babylon other than Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie are in it because that's all the trailer tells you, yes. And I also know that it's the same director of Whiplash who has found some struggles to get back on his footing. Whiplash was phenomenal. He then did La La Land, which was not good. He then did First Man, which was okay. So, who knows? Harwick says, An elite sequel will probably be made by 20th Century Studios, which made Prey, which wasn't great, but was better than most recent movies released under the Disney name. That is still under Disney. Ergo, it is still a Disney movie. Ergo, I still do not trust it and therefore do not want it. If Disney is involved, I do not want them to make a sequel because they're going to destroy it. Prey was at the very least a variation of a property. So it was original in certain aspects, but obviously using the Predators, right, who have been around an Elite sequel would be taking something, continuing the story with a direct character that they did not have control of before, that they now can control. And remember, too, what movie did Alita Battle Angel go up against at the box office? And obviously, the other film did much better financially. Captain Marvel. I made a lot of videos comparing those two movies, comparing those two characters. Because guess which film actually sold better post-release? Alita Battle Angel. You couldn't find the 4K steelbooks for Alita Battle Angel. You found a plethora of the 4K steelbooks for Captain Marvel because no one was buying them. I would not be surprised if someone at Disney is petty enough to say, oh, we remember. And we're going to destroy the character. Just saying. I do not trust them. I don't care what sub-brand they're under. If it's under Disney, I do not trust them. Andrew Hayes, is there anything big coming out other than Avatar 2? As far as big budget films for the rest of this year, that is pretty much it. Hardwick, if James Van Gogh is telling the truth and all the Indy 5 rumors are false, what chance do you think there is the movie being good? Not really a whole lot uh, for the several reasons I've already mentioned. We've already talked about that one a bit. Uh, let's see. Well done for being factful about Black Panther 2 also. Many YouTubers will ignore as it looks like soon will become the second highest uh, grossing 2022 box office movie. Uh, I guess what do you mean by that? Do you mean domestically or do you mean internationally? Because, no, uh, it's going to end top five worldwide. It's going gonna, it's gonna to slip past the Batman and become a top five worldwide film. I look at worldwide numbers as being much more important than domestic numbers, so... Um, no, and, and that's something that I've been honest about in, in all my, in all my, uh, videos. Again, I don't think the movie's good. I don't think it deserves to be doing as well as it is, but I'm looking at the numbers and, uh, it, it, it it's making money. It is making money, but it is going to cap out pretty, it's slowing down. Uh, and so that's why I think it is going to cap out, uh, somewhere over $800 million. I still think 850 is a possibility, but it's, it's ceiling is becoming less and less every day. 
Rob D says, Sounds to me like James Cameron wants all his money now so he can justify three more sequels, all of which will be straight profit uh, at that point. Maybe. I don't know. Miss Martin Muses, what's going on? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, Let's see. Where were we? So right now it's 747 in the chat, so I'm catching up slowly. Grandma Zeta says, So Spectre with far less CGI costs about $250 million, but Avatar CGI Fest costs the same. I don't buy it. I think four films for $1 billion was a plan that exploded. Again, I think that that's a possibility, right? But remember also that um, Spectre did have CGI. Didn't have it to the same degree, but it definitely had it. Um, most modern action films have various levels of CGI. Um, again, it did not have it to the same level as what Avatar will have, as the entire world is CG. So that's one factor. The other factor that one needs to remember is that the technology has advanced so much since the time of the first Avatar film that just naturally it would become less expensive. Not by much, because... Obviously, there are now new things that they can play with, which probably cost a bit more. Uh, but uh, regardless of any of that, I don't think the comparison there is necessarily as on point as you would think. Um, but uh, I definitely think, yeah, the billion dollar plan was for sure a bare minimum if he was going to make it for the same amount of money as the first film. And uh, yeah, I, I highly doubt that he had that in mind. And uh yeah, it's it's going to cost them a boatload for sure. Forever Sci-Fi, maybe Cameron is using Biden numbers. Maybe. Rob D, time to say, $800 million production budget. I don't think the value of the dollar has tanked that much. At least I hope not. Yeah, seriously. Crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. All right. Chat has jumped on me like it always does. Let's see. I'm at 750 in the chat. Let's see if anyone added things to the Q&A section. Um, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Rob D at 727 had asked, do you think films should always be released to physical media? I remember reading that a lot of made for TV films don't get released on physical media. Personally, I think yes. And the reason why is because physical media always trumps the digital copy. Um, now, obviously if it's a digital copy that was taken from a, Cassette tape, okay, fine. You got me there. Um, but in the end, physical media is always going to create such a higher quality picture because when you're watching over a streaming service, you are getting a compressed image. Whereas when you're watching a, a Blu-ray or a 4K disc, you are getting so much more data per second that the image is so much better. You can get a lot better audio quality as well. For, for me, image is a little bit more uh, important. But regardless of that, I think physical media is always going to trump that. And because of that, if you release a film, even if it's made for TV or anything like that, I think it should get a physical media release. Because it's also about, to me, it's also about ownership as well, right? Because if you have a digital film, technically, yeah, you may have paid for it and own it. But guess what? Whatever company you're using on, let's say you bought it on Amazon Prime. Guess what? If Prime wants to go in and edit that film and edit something out or remove the film from their platform, guess what? They can do that and you lose it. Whereas this disc right here, the 4K for nobody, I own this disc. They, they can't come into my house and take it 
One, they can't take it away from me. Two, they can't edit it later on. And also, guess what? Because there are such things as as media servers, home media servers, uh, NAS storage devices, you can actually create, essentially, your very own Plex media server or whatever service you want to use. You can make your own at-home Netflix, essentially. Um, it's not cheap, but you can do it and actually get much higher quality and almost no compression whatsoever. But... Yeah, I absolutely think that they should be released. Uh, Kimberly G on the Q&A section says, Do you think Maverick will beat Avatar 2 in money? Will the domestic versus international make a difference? I think so, yeah. I think internationally Avatar will do better. And so, uh, sadly, I do think there's a good chance for Avatar 2 to make more than Maverick. As I said, right now, uh, if I had to put a prediction out now, I would say Avatar 2 makes somewhere between $1.5 and $2 billion. And so, uh, because of that, that would put it above where where Top Gun 2 is. Do I want that to happen? No. I would love for I would love for 2022 to be the year where Top Gun Maverick, a film that no one really thought was going to be a a massive hit, a massive success, surprised everyone, was a great film to boot. Um really brought people together in a lot of ways. I really want that to be the story. I don't want it to be Avatar returns after 20 years and, and dominates the box office. But I'm also a realist. Kind of getting back to the comments someone made about appreciating the honesty when it comes to my coverage of Black Panther. It's like, I don't like the movie, but I'm going to be honest when it comes to those numbers. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, unfortunately, I do think it's going to end up beating it. And so I think Maverick will be the top, will, will, will be the second highest grossing film worldwide. But I, I do think that Avatar 2 will, will get higher, sadly. Uh, the zesty car says pineapple on pizza. Yes. No, 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 no. I do not like pineapple on pizza. I do not like it. Sam. I am. I do not like it at all. All right. Back into the live chat. Let's head over to rumble. Kincaid Rumshki says, do you think MCU still pads ticket sales in the first two weeks or so to make the numbers look better than that? They actually are. Um, again, okay, that sounds more like it's falling into that conspiracy theory. Disney and really all the major studios, they don't buy up their own tickets to such a degree that it's going to make a huge difference and make things look better than what they are. All right. I, I remember when this conspiracy and I mentioned it's, I mentioned this so often when this comes up and I hate when it comes up the same, the, the, the conspiracy really came to light when Captain Marvel came out. And it's because people could not fathom why the movie got to a billion dollars. I understand that. The film was was terrible. But it also was weeks out from Endgame and, and was promoted as being directly connected to it and being, therefore, almost much-watched material. It wasn't, but that's how it was marketed in many ways. So it actually makes sense, proximity-wise, why that film ended up making as much money as it did. But there were so many conspiracies because people couldn't believe it that they were like, oh, they're buying tickets, and look, I'm looking at this theater here, and look, there's this higher row that's that's sold out, and, and I went there, and, and it was not sold out. It's like, yes, and I could explain every point people brought up back then. I was able to refute easily because unlike them, I worked at a theater. And I knew that, oh, this is actually a common practice that is done by theaters because they're afraid that some of their movies, especially newer releases, especially bigger films, will sell too many tickets 
and they will have themselves because this this actually happened a couple of times when I was working at AMC. There would be times when we would have massive audiences to the point where there were people sitting on stairs because people would sneak in to another show because they wanted to get into the seven, but they had to get tickets to the eight. So they try to get into the seven just in case. So it, it was a problem. And so what theaters would have to do was they would have to black out certain sections of the theater in those scenarios so that if they got to within 85% or so, there was actually a cutoff. We we actually never sold movies to 100% capacity because that's just asking for chaos. We would always be looking, and as soon as we got into this red threshold, which would show up on our devices, we would have to tell the manager, and then the manager would lock that film out because we didn't want to worry about overbooking. And we wanted to make sure that they were... So that's one thing that we would do. And then the other thing that sometimes you would do is you would have the actual rows themselves blacked out as if they were sold out, as if they had been sold. But in reality, it was just to make sure that there was that extra space. So, again, that was a conspiracy theory back then. It had no merit to it whatsoever. It still has no merit to it. And so it's not being done until someone can actually show a documented case, meaning an actual leaked document from Disney of them buying their own tickets specifically to movies. I'm not saying Disney is an ethical company. And I know that there have absolutely been cases where it's been proven that they've done shady things when it comes to their theme parks, for instance. That's not proof of anything when it comes to their theater tickets. So, anyway, Whew. I get heated on that one. That one, that one, that one, that one always gets me going because it just drives me crazy. All right, some of the chats may have been skipped on YouTube, um, but I'll pick up from 752 in the chat. Gridania says Avatar 2 will flop. Again, thank you for being here, Laura. Appreciate it. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, yeah, I think the $2 billion is what Disney said they think the first needs to make because the sequels will never do as well. Yeah, again, if they're looking as far as it being kind of a a looking ahead, that would make probably a little bit more sense. But yeah, there's no way that the first film alone costs $800 million production. Because that would mean that with typical marketing cost, it would have cost... $1.2 $1.2 billion? No, I'm sorry. I, I I believe that they spent a lot of money. Again, $400 million is a lot of money. Production. That means that they spent, what, $600 million at least on production and marketing together? Yeah. Rob D. Time to say, Mr. Cameron, we need your money. We need your movies to pay us back for Star Wars. No, they, they need the, the Avatar money to make up for... Strange losing 200 plus million dollars. Strange World losing 200 million dollars and uh, the other ones. Uh, Laura says, we should all take bets on when Odin falls asleep. Aha, that's funny. I can say, uh, I watched Smile actually late last night. Unlike me in so many ways. Didn't fall asleep. Really didn't allow me to fall asleep, but hey. Just another eight. Time to say, how much money do you think AMC Theater specifically could make from Avatar 2? Will they raise prices? Um, no, 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 no. That, that's another uh, misconception. So the only time that theaters have ever raised prices on individual films, right, on new releases, was during COVID. 
during COVID, when things were really bad for theaters, that is when you saw them giving premium ticket costs to specific films and then giving discounts to other films. Now, they've always had the cheaper rates earlier in the day, right? The matinee pricing. But what was a relatively new thing, a novelty really, was making newer films more expensive. They only did that, though, during the heart of the the COVID um, initial release or the initial reopenings that happened at the very beginning of COVID. That has been done for a long time. So they're not going to raise prices on tickets. That, that's just not going to happen. What is going to happen, though, is that Disney, James Cameron, is going to tell the theaters, right, as they are booking these slots, right, as they're booking Avatar 2, all right, you need to have X amount of 3D showings. You need to have X amount of IMAX 3D showings if you have an IMAX. And then you have to have X amount of, of, of 2D showings if you want to actually have our film. The, the, the actual theaters have very little control over um, the number of showtimes a movie has. Those, those are deals that are made with the studios, the bookers, who are usually regionally based. The bookers make these deals on behalf of, again, they're basically the in-between, the studios, and, and the theaters. Because one of the things that, as a supervisor at, at my AMC when I worked there, was I got access to these internal emails. And so the emails we would get would tell us the number of showtimes they expected in certain formats for certain films. So that's how I know that that's how it works because I actually saw it with my own eyes. Um, and so what they're going to do for Avatar is they're going to say, we want to have X amount for 3D, IMAX 3D. What that's going to do then, since those already come with a surcharge because it's a premium format, it's not that they're raising the prices, it's that they have much more, many more showtimes at the premium level which already costs more, meaning the average ticket price of that theater is going to be higher. If you buy the 2D ticket, the 2D ticket's going to cost the exact same. But most of the showtimes are going to be the premium format, meaning that it's going to be costing you an arm and a leg. So anyway, hopefully that makes sense of things. I had to explain that on Twitter to, to someone in, uh, earlier today. Laura says, Owen's going to need some espresso to get through Avatar 2. The search for more money. Yeah, exactly. A three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Uh, Jacob, I see that you were in the chat, but again, at Odin's very beginning of your comment, at Odin, if you have a comment or question, that is how. Or you can put your question in the Q&A portion at the top of the screen. That also helps. Andrew Hayes tagged to say, Steven Spielberg has a movie out this year. Didn't know about that until this week. Yeah, I knew about The Fablemans. Uh, the reason why I haven't talked about it a whole lot is because it's still in limited release. So, <laughs> not much I can say. Harwick, did you know that Indiana Jones 5 is written by the same writers who wrote Ford v. Ferrari and co-wrote Edge of Tomorrow? Did not, but uh, still, still don't care. Still do not care. And put latency tag to say, I'm probably out of here by the time you're reading this. Good night. Well, yeah, it was 8.02 when I, uh, when you posted that. It's 8.23 now, probably likely. Trace Adams, thank you for saying hail. All right. Again, at Odin, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, or you can post in the Q&A 
So again, if you click on the Q&A section, you can ask a Q&A up there, and I'll jump to that. I'll finish off the show in the Q&A portion. Harwood right, Tennessee, did you know that Robert Rodriguez got his start directing by becoming a paid guinea pig for medical experiments in order to make enough money to fund his indie movies? Did not know that. Rob D., who do you think is more the problem with modern Star Wars, Disney or Lucasfilm? I feel like it's equally both. Well, I mean, they're they're one and the same. That's the, that's the issue, right? So, so uh, Hardwick was trying to bring the same point up with 20th Century Studios. That's Disney. All right, it, it's a subsection and sub brand of Disney, but it is still Disney nonetheless. I mean, Lucasfilm is run by Kathleen Kennedy. Guess who she answers to? Disney executives. At the end of the day, right? Um, so I, I again, I, I some people I think try to view or put more separation between these groups than anything else, you know? But they're all the same because they're all owned by Disney. Kimberly G says, Thunderball, forever sci-fi, did you ever use the blank row to catch theater jumpers? Uh, so never in my experience, that was not something that I typically did because that was <laughs> that was my least favorite thing. And I, I always tried to avoid it. I always tried to tried to avoid that whenever possible. I was actually kind of that guest services person, even though that sounds like a nightmare. And believe me, dealing with certain guests who are just complaining for the sake of complaining, it's awful. Um, but when it come when it came to actually, we we call them SIG checks, silence is golden checks. And normally we would have guests complain about someone on their phone or someone talking, and we would have to go in and check, make our presence known, and then maybe you know walk up to them if we saw them and said, "Hey, could you please keep it down, etc." Um, but there was one night; it was a Saturday evening, and it was the last PG show before the curfew, and so it was filled to capacity with teenagers. And we had a bunch of adults coming out complaining, wanting their money back because they were like, it is insane in there. And literally, it was like people jumping over seats. It got so bad. And thank goodness I was not alone. It got so bad, we turned the movie off. I was in New Orleans, by the way, so this may might make a little bit more sense knowing that. But we turned the movie off, turned on the lights, like the overhead lights, when you're cleaning a screen. And then set up uh, tensive barriers outside and then literally escorted everyone out of the theater and said, you all have to go. Every single one of you. And very few exceptions did we give passes. Because most of the people in there were just being completely monstrous. Again, just (laughs) it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, Bruce, Christmas card has been sent. Don't forget to check the P.O. box. I checked the P.O. box this, uh, last week. Or uh, this past weekend. Andrew Hayes, time to say, as far as I can remember, Top Gun 2 and Spider-Man No Way Home were the last movies I've seen in theaters. Might see Avatar 2 during Christmas break. Good luck. Kimberly G, I'm a Bond fan. Didn't like Lazenby, though. Uh, GoldenEye, best Brosnan. Skyfall, best Craig. Uh, I know Spy Who Loved Me is better, but I like Golden Gun, with Christopher Lee, I love all Sean Connery ones. Yeah, I think I mentioned before my favorite Connery. Uh, sorry, my favorite Bond is Dalton. I, I just like him as an actor better than the others. My favorite Bond uh, film, oddly enough, I believe is of the classic era is probably Octopussy. And I know that's hilarious just because of the name and and who I am. Like the fact that that's probably my favorite it is the one that I found the most to be the most entertaining. Um, I grew up with Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I saw the Pierce Brosnan Bond when I was growing up. Goldeneye. 
I still love that N64 version. I cannot wait for that game to come to Switch. I'm waiting for them to announce when it's going to come to Switch because it was supposed to be coming by the end of the year. So we'll see. Um, but uh, GoldenEye is great too. But anyway. Uh, Gary Banjo, tag to say, Avatar 2, hold in your water for three hours, pretty much. Lukezilla, tag to say, do you think Avatar 2 has a shot at opening 400 to $600 million worldwide? Uh, theoretically, I mean, if it, again, opens up to $180 million or so, uh, again, Box Office Pro is is saying 150 to 180 domestic. Uh, it's going to be a bigger international release, so theoretically, we, we could see it in the $400 million range opening uh, for sure. It's definitely a possibility. Jacob Lenoff had to say, what do you think Steven Spielberg's chances of winning more Oscars this year? Um, because he's Spielberg and he's releasing films, there's always a good chance, but I don't care. The Oscars have become completely meaningless. They have, I mean, they've always been political to an extent, but the Oscars have become so woke at this point that it, it's, it's painful. And uh, that's why I'm glad to boycott them every year with the uh, Raven Awards that we do here. It's so much more fun. Great Wuda says, Octopus is really another name for Octopus. I know, I know. Kimberly G, I couldn't watch No Time. Don't want to see Bond go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's got other problems too. But I will say, you're wrong. The best Craig is absolutely Casino Royale. Hands down. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like me some Skyfall, but Casino Royale is so much better. Bruce says, I used to work at the Gold Vault. Fort Knox. I took care of security equipment. Nice! Snorpoopus, I could never understand why people pay ticket prices to disrupt movies, act like morons, and talk on their phones. I could do that outside the theater for free. Well, I think it's because for teenagers, it's they were dropped off by their parents who didn't want to deal with them. They were given money to go see a film, and so since they... That's the other thing, too. If they weren't in the theater causing trouble, they were roaming around the theater halls... And so we would actually, at times, if we saw kids, look people who looked like teenagers in the hallways, not in their movie, we would go up to them and say, where are you supposed to be right now? And, and that, again, was that was a terrible, you know, terrible thing. Uh, Bruce says, but that was in Goldfinger. Talking about the Fort Knox. Maybe. Uh, I find it peculiar that in any five trailers, certain shots were shot all practical, as proven by BTS footage. Still managed to look like CGI. I wonder if it's due to digital cameras. I mean, probably because that's the problem with most films today is that they always look just so artificial because they mostly are shot on digital cameras. Uh, people spend more money on plane tickets and still act like fools. Forever sci-fi, great point. All right, let's... And, uh, yeah, we're right at the end of time today, so let me head over to uh, Rumble real quick. Do you believe Disney will go bankrupt someday? Uh, someday, maybe. If not that, then maybe get bought out. But, uh, for instance, I don't buy the Apple thing. I don't think Apple's going to buy them. But, I mean, all companies ebb and flow in some way or another, right? All right, and then I'm going to end with any of the remaining Q&A questions in the Q&A section. I liked having this section today, and there are no questions. Just Philip Hawkins mentioning his own Plex Media server. Yeah, it's very easy to get one. Uh, if you want to start off cheap, I would say get an NVIDIA Shield Pro and uh, make sure it's the Pro version, and then get a uh, Western Digital USB 3. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? USB 3 hard drive, 
and boom, you that that was actually my first server. That was that was my first Plex server, and it was much easier to start. And then over time, once you get used to it, you can then upgrade and save up money to get the Synology drives. Um, you know, those are a bit more a bit pricier. I would love to have the ingenuity to custom build something, but I just don't. I just don't have the capacity with within me to do that. Um, and so because of that, I just, again, don't, don't think that there's going to be nearly, nearly enough for that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy anyway. So I believe that is, oh, that just confirms my opinions. Humans are Philly. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. That is very, very, very true. Uh, and then Jacob says Avatar came in 2009. You said earlier that Avatar comes back after 20 years. It's only been 13 years. It's close to 10 years. Then 20 life is short times. What? J- Jacob, go home. You're drunk, man. <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, so thank you all so very much for joining me this evening. Uh, I had a good time. I hope that y'all had a good time, especially... <laughs> talking numbers everyone loves when i talk numbers but yeah um let me know if you think that avatar is going to be able to be a massive success and also your thoughts about what it likely will need to break even again i think the whole two billion dollar to break even thing is just a bunch of baloney again when you actually look at the article and see what was actually said he doesn't give a number he gives an estimate and i think that it's just i honestly just think it's him bloviating when you look to that three fifty to four hundred million dollar budget, it just makes a lot more sense. It just makes a lot more sense, um, and so I honestly think that that's probably more likely the case because, again, I don't see how one film can cost eight hundred million before marketing. I just, <laughs> I just, I feel like that's mathematically impossible uh, for various reasons. But anyway, we will see. We're getting ever closer to the release of Avatar two, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just be honest here, um, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting ride to say the very least when following the box office numbers. So anyway, I want to say thank you, everyone, for joining me this evening. Please make sure you smash the like button, lap the fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. I still need to update the shoutouts video at the very end. Uh, still the November shoutouts, but as I said. Um, I don't believe anyone has uh, any changes on there. There might be a couple people that are getting extra shouts that they probably shouldn't be getting. However, I don't mind doing that uh, because I just have not had the time to do so. Hopefully, I have time this week to, to get that December video taken care of. But I do want to give a shout-out to the one person that did have a change, and that is Chris from the 80s. You can find him on YouTube, Chris from the 80s. Thank you again for upping your Patreon support. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the name of every live stream and video... Uh, please make sure to check out the top link in the video description and you can follow links to my Patreon, to my Subscribestar and various other places. Anyway, thank you all very much for being here this evening. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening and as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my November Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon with Father Luca Illich, 
Thank you very much, Father. Garrett Searles, Jaime Irie Hymason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General story, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out on YouTube at his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel that you can check out at Eagle Writer, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Tina B, where she hosts the show with Stephanie B, one of my mods and one of my Valkyrie called Soup to Nuts. Check out Soup to Nuts. And it premieres pretty much every Friday. So again, shout out to all of my Patreon people. Also to all my Subscribestar people. Starting off with Matt317. Check him out on Twitch at Matt317. The R. Fast Reaction. Mr. Roy. J-Rod. The Beer Guru. And Zk-Man. And Zk-Man you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co to follow him uh, as he starts his podcast. And also uh, for many of his musical musings as well. Check him out. Very, very talented guy. And then lastly, my locals piece. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson for the win. J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing lawyer, <laughs> the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for supporting me. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to that. Also, you get access to special things like giveaways and also uh, exclusive podcasts that I do with John the Flick, Big Flickinger, and other guests throughout the month of November and in the previous and, and, and the, yeah, the months to follow as well. And again, if any of that sounds interesting to you, especially the 4K giveaways, Steelbook giveaways, some of them that I have to give away this month are films like Starship Troopers on 4K Steelbook, Top Gun Maverick on 4K Steelbook, amongst many others. If that sounds interesting to you, check out the link and follow the instructions down below. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.